You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, I'm King Kaufman, the producer of Giants Double Play. Henry Shulman will be here in a minute. It's actually Henry's day off. And he's got a cold. But there was big news today around the Giants. It was about the player they did not get. Bryce Harper, the biggest free agent fish in the sea, has signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. So Henry said, we've got to do a podcast, get in the studio, get me on the computer, and uh, we'll talk about Bryce Harper. So Henry Shulman, with a cold, on his day off from Scottsdale, he'll be here in a second to talk about Bryce Harper signing not with the Giants, but with the Philadelphia Phillies on Giants Double Play. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Henry Shulman, welcome to your own show. Big news day today, not out of Arizona where you are, but out of Bryce Harper's town of Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, I think he hit a jackpot that uh, is really hard. You couldn't hardly get it from a slot machine. Uh, so, yeah, Bryce Harper has signed a 13-year deal for $330 million to play for the um, Philadelphia Phillies, which uh, is the team that really pursued him uh, harder than any other team did. And... Uh, you know, it's another another big loss for the Giants. They got involved in this thing, and what I have learned is that they offered a, a 12-year, $310 million deal um, to, to try and get him. Uh, I mean, he would have been really a transformational player for the Giants. Uh, and what uh, my sources are telling me is that, I mean, while it seems like the Giants easily could have uh, maybe just bumped up their offer another year and another $20 million to, to match what the Phillies offered. Uh, the Giants actually would have had to have offered more than the $330 million because California has a much higher tax rate, especially at the higher end. And, and that has been an issue in sports uh, before with the Giants and other teams here in um in California trying to attract top players. That 13.1% top marginal tax rate for millionaires. And uh, so that that did have an effect. Uh, so I guess the Giants or Dodgers would have had to have beaten $330 million. Uh, so he's going to Philadelphia. He'll be out of the Western division. The Giants don't have to worry about the Dodgers having him, and they can move on to other things. It seemed like the Giants were kind of in and out and in and out of the Harper negotiations. Uh, is that perception or is that reality? And if it's reality, why was it like that? Well, I think that's more uh, perception. I, I think the Giants really were out uh, for most of the time. I think they went into the offseason uh, not really thinking they had any kind of shot at getting him. Uh, and they really, I mean, Philadelphia from the very outset, 
of the offseason, even before the offseason, they made it known that uh, they were going to go hard after one of the two big free agents, um, Harper or Manny Machado. Uh, and even the owner, John Middleton, proclaimed, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of his uh, general manager at, early in the offseason, that we've got stupid money to spend. That's the term he used, stupid money. Uh, so I, the Giants didn't want to get involved. I mean, the Phillies really, uh, they have not spent like the Giants have. They, they have had more money sort of in reserve, and they were going to aggressively go after one of those two guys. They did. Now, Machado signed with the Padres uh, a few days ago. That was a 10-year, 10 uh, $300 million deal. Um, so that put the, uh, the, you know, the Phillies in a position where they pretty much have promised their fans one of these two guys, and they had to you know, they had to go and spend that kind of money. Now, just going back to the Giants, uh, he had not signed. Harper had not signed by the start of spring training. So right about then, the Giants said, look, it won't hurt us to go in there and see what we can do. Uh, and uh, they, they had their first meeting with Harper uh, right around the uh, 7th of February. And then they had a subsequent meeting in Las Vegas uh, a couple of days ago uh, on Tuesday. And, you know, they, they were in it all the way up and up until the end. So spring training starts. Neither of these guys had signed, and uh, now we're you know the games are going. Finally, get Bryce Harper to sign his name on a contract. Why is it? I'm not the first person to ask this question. Obviously, why is it that this process now takes so long? Well, I, I think that uh, we there's a, there's a larger question here about free agency in general in baseball, which has uh, really changed in the last couple of years. Uh, fewer and fewer teams are willing to spend. Um, any kind of money on, you know, free agents. And this is a larger issue that is going to have to be settled in negotiations with the union and the, the league. The, there are, you know, the players just basically aren't getting the offers that they used to get. And uh, there's a lot of a acrimony and hard feelings about this. But when you're talking about these two guys, like Harper and Machado, um, these are guys who are, are elite. And, and it's very, very rare, extraordinarily rare, to get even one free agent of that quality to hit the market at such a young age, 26 years old. In this case, we had two. And, and like I said, these are transformational players. And, and these are guys who, um, you know, they, they wanted record money. I mean, and they were going to wait until uh, they got either the, you know, the big dollar signs that they wanted uh, or the city that they wanted or both. And I think $300 million dollars, was the floor that both of these guys um, wanted. And, uh, and I think particularly Harper, uh, he wanted to have the record deal in American sports. And with this deal, he surpasses it by $5 million. And, you know, to, to get that kind of offer, you know, it's a huge game of chicken. It takes time. It takes time to, you know, to get teams involved, to get enough teams involved and push the price up till you, till you get there. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes, too. I mean, there's a bit of a rivalry between uh, the two agents, uh, you know, the uh, Dan Lozano, who represented uh, Machado and uh, Scott Boris, who represented Harper. Um, and I think that ni neither one of them wanted to blink first. I think they wanted the other guy to sign first um, so that they could use that as a floor and, and surpass the total. And. I guess you could say Machado blinked first and had to quote unquote settle for $300 million. And once that deal got done, you knew it wasn't going to take too much more time before 
uh, Harper got his done. And I think, what is it? Probably less than a week. We'll get back to the Giants in a second, but I just want to ask one more uh, Harper Phillies question, which is Mm -hmm. uh, 13 years, no opt-outs. Are the Phillies going to regret this contract where they're paying him all this money until he's 39 years old? There's not a great track record of that sort of thing. And also with no opt-outs, is Harper going to regret it? You know, I think the second point right there actually might might be more salient. I mean, uh, I think that Harper is is taking a bigger risk here, uh, risk here because, you know, even though it's a 13-year contract from the team's point of view, they're getting a very low average annual salary. Uh, and it's in, you know, it's uh, you know, 20-something million dollars a year, which is a lot lower than a lot of people thought Harper was going to get. And you know, as the years go on between now and 2031, it's kind of funny to say that, but salaries and payrolls will go up. And the more they go up and up and up, the less of a percentage that 25 million actually is. And I think when teams sign a contract like this, uh, you know, they really kind of understand that they're not going to get value for their money. Uh, you know, when the guy's 34, 35 years old or whatnot, they're giving him this money now basically, or that money all the way down the road, hoping that they can get five, six good years out of him. And combined with the other stuff that they've done, and the Phillies have done a lot this offseason, they've added a lot of good players to win some championships now. They have a window, they feel. And the cost of doing business like that is to to give a deal that's going to go well past these guys' primes. And I think the Phillies know that. But to your point, you know, this could be a situation where Harper gets fed up with Philadelphia and there's nothing he can do about it. Now, he can make life miserable down the road if he doesn't like being with the Phillies and he can force a trade. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, I think this is I think Harper's taking, you know, kind of a, a big risk there, kind of committing himself to one city for that long. And given, you know, the uh, fickleness of the fans in Philadelphia, <laughs> it could get, it could get ugly down the road. Yeah. And, you know, just picturing a guy 10 years from now, uh, moaning about his $25 million salary when, you know, you and I are going to be making $25 million in, in exactly, 2030. Exactly. After I hit the lottery. <laughs> so the giants, they don't get Bryce Harper second year in a row. They don't land the big fish. Um, who plays the outfield for this team? Well, I think that's an open question. And before I answer that, I mean, I just want to also say, I don't think it's necessarily an awful thing that the Giants lost on this. I mean, I know a lot of fans are going to disagree with me, but I mean, this this really was an effort by ownership uh, to try and get a marquee player in here so that they could, um, you know, th- they could start selling some season tickets again after a couple of bad years. Uh, but I mean, I don't know that this would have been a good deal for the Giants overall, I think the Phillies kind of needed it more. But to answer your question, uh, I don't think we know who's going to be in the outfield because uh, Farhan Zaidi, who's the president of baseball operations, he's been, uh, since he was hired in November, I mean, he has been having talks with free agents. He's been having talks with general managers from all these other teams uh, about potential trades and free agent signings, not just for outfielders, but for offense in general and for young starting pitching. And I think a lot of these potential trade talks and free agent talks uh, were contingent on what happened with Harper, not only with the, whether the Giants would get Harper or not, uh, but also some of the other teams and, 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 and Machado as well. And just as a for instance, uh, you know, the, the Padres have some 
uh, outfielders that they could trade. They have a surplus of outfielders uh, going into this season. Um, and uh, they might not have wanted to trade some of these guys if they had not gotten Machado to boost the offense. So now maybe they turn, maybe the Giants turn to San Diego and ask about a Will Myers or a Hunter Renfro or somebody like that. Uh, maybe, maybe the Phillies now have an outfielder. Maybe now with Bryce Harper in the mix, they might consider trading an notable Herrera. Uh, I, I think that might be unlikely because Herrera is a, you know, is a, a big player, but something like that is possible. So um, I, I think there's a lot of moving parts to that. And I think we, I think we might know within the next, I don't know, 48 to 72 hours, if there's another deal out there, because I think the Giants were pretty far along. Now for the moment, um, it's all, for the moment, it's all uh, either organizational players in the outfield, like Mac Williamson and Steven Duggar. Uh, and uh, or uh, you know one of the uh, free agents that they just signed, like Gerardo Parra, uh, who they got for one point seven five million dollars, which is a lot less than three hundred and thirty million dollars, if I'm doing my math correctly. And I, th- I think it'll be a fluid process, not just in the next few days, but um, over the rest of the, the spring. You know, the off season now goes all the way to opening day. It doesn't just end when spring training starts. And there could be deals that are hatched down the road uh, if the Giants, say, decide to trade out of their relief surplus, trade a Will Smith or a Tony Watson, or even if you want to go all the way to July, maybe pick up some outfielders, good young outfielders in a, in a Madison Bumgarner trade. Uh, but, I mean, at the moment, I mean, if you had to pin me down on what the starting outfield would be right now, I would probably say Gerardo Parra in right, Steven Duggar in center, and Mac Williamson in left. If it's possible to speculate at all who might be on the trade block for the Giants, I know you just mentioned relief surplus. Is, uh, is that who Giants fans should be stealing themselves that they might be saying goodbye to in the next few weeks? Well, um, I think those are the most likely people to be on the block, uh, really really some of the relievers they have. But I think the Giants probably have also had some trade discussions with some mainstay players like Brandon Belt, for instance, or some of the higher paid players that they have uh, like Evan Longoria at third base, who have these longer contracts. Uh, there are such deals that you have sometimes that are bad contract for bad contract deals. Something like that could happen. I doubt, you know, Joe Panic also is a guy who, you know, if there's another team who might need a left-handed second baseman, Giants could trade for, you know, a similarly paid right-handed outfielder with about the same amount of experience. That's a deal that could happen as well. I don't think we'll have any massive surprises really early in the next couple of days on on who they on who they would trade. Uh, I, I think that just re- again the most likely scenario. The Giants have added so much relief pitching. Uh, they continue to even after camp started signing a guy like Nick Vincent, uh, who's the former Padres um, relief pitcher. That I think that they're sort of putting themselves in a position to move a guy like Will Smith who was the closer last year, who has a very good contract at, I believe, around $4 million. And then you could have a team that, you know, doesn't want to spend a whole bunch of money on a closer, uh, could trade, uh, maybe somebody could help the Giants for a guy like Smith. That's the kind of deal I think we might see. All right, Hank Schulman, I'm going to let you get back to uh, working overtime and taking care of that cold that you got. And uh, next time we hear from you, you'll be you'll be back in the host chair. I will be back in the host chair. I will be back in full fettle, and I will be back talking about Austin Slater and Mac Williamson and Stephen Duggar and all the guys who the Giants have, not the ones they don't have. All right, that's next time on Giants Double Play. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. 
Audrey Cooper is Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to The Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. 